Hi. This, are we going with that name? I don't know. Okay. Use the name if you want. Yeah. Is it a good name? I, okay. I think it's, yeah. This is Sisterly History Mysteries. Nice. We love a rhyme. We do. Well, I think, I was thinking, like, one of the podcasts I listen to, like, doesn't have, like, it's called Two Girls, One Ghost. It's a ghost podcast. The name is, like, bad, but, like, it's funny. It's a, no, that's it's fine. a reference. I don't think that's a bad name. It's a reference. Are you trying to start beef from day no, one? No, no, no. I love them so much. It's, fu- <laughs> it's, I know about Two Girls, One Cup. Okay. I got it. Okay, well. I got the reference. We are, what? So this is Sisterly History Mysteries. Yes. We are sisters. We are. And the fun thing about, well, I'm Carly. I'm Megan. And the fun thing about this is that we are all the way across the world from each other. Most of the way, I would say. Yeah. I'm in, um, soon to be Chicago. I'm finishing up college in the burbs. I'm in Dublin for a year on a working holiday visa. And this kind of started because I can't get Carly to text me back very well. <laughs> so we decided... <laughs> and she just like, wants to talk about I, the Black Dahlia. Well, I had texted her weeks and weeks ago, like, can we talk about the Black Dahlia on the phone? And then, honestly, it took us weeks to get on the phone. Mm-hmm. So we thought, we'll do this as a way to, like, keep in touch and I can tell her about all the spooky things I want to. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about yeah different genres. Yeah, so for me, I kind of like to describe it as, like, a horror. Just, like, what weird things are going on or have gone on in the world that you should know about and things that might be spooky. And that's... For the mo- like, we're doing real things, or at least real accounts of things that maybe mm. are more up for interpretation. Historical oddities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really Even good Even if the it. line blurs into legend or myth, I'm also into that. Yeah, me too. There might be, s- there will be some murders. There mm-hmm. will be some crimes. There will be some... There'll be some maybe... Grizzly accidents. Yeah, accidents. Paranormal things, too. But we're not, mm. we're not here to tell you, like, you should believe in ghosts. We're here to say, mm. like, we have accounts of this happening, or this person said this, and, you know... It's unexplained. Do with that what you will. Mm. Yeah. So, um, because we're here catching up, how was your day today, Carly? It was good. I went apartment hunting. It was my first ever apartment that I saw with my future roommate, Tyler, my best friend. And let me tell you, it was not great <laughs> at all. Why was it bad? I don't know. It's just, it's in a really nice area. It's in Lakeview. So I'm thinking you get less bang for your buck there. It was just in rough shape. So we were outside mm. looking at it and it has this cool, like on the outdoor, this red door with like peeling paint. And I was like, Ooh, it's rustic. And then mm. I went inside and I'm like, Oh, it's, it's too rusty. <laughs> is it close to the train? I don't know. Like, I tend to prioritize location. So, like, my apartment right now is really small, but it's really central. Um, it's definitely not the nicest apartment that we viewed, but, like, what if my landlord listens to this? <laughs> it's, like, nice enough, and it has a really good location, so that's why I'm into it. But that's my priority. I, like I mean, you might prioritize something else. Yeah, I know. We need to be close to transportation, but, like, it being... Think about walking home at night. I know. I don't want you to die. We're, uh, we're looking at Edgewater, too, and Rogers Park, honestly. Which I never thought I'd look at Rogers Park, just because... 
Metro's Park is fine. I know, but it's not that I far. I will really. never forget. Like I used to commute downtown for Rogers. I know, Park. but I will never forget that time I came and visited you when you lived in Rogers Park, <laughs> and you were like, "Do you have like something sharp? Just like hold it while you walk." There's like a gang that lives, like on the way home. Oh, that was. I think they got them. I think they busted that house. Oh, that's good. Also, like, yeah, there there are a lot of characters around uh, Bryn Mawr, which is where I told you to live. There are some characters out there. I think... Yeah, you know, there are characters Mount- everywhere. Yeah. Chicago ones, though, they're, like, in their own league. Yeah, there is something else. This is the problem with us using this to catch up, is we will just use it to catch up, and then everyone will know all the details of our lives. But I think that's special for them to, like... It's fun, like, once we get them invested. If, if Like, in the first invested. episode, they'll be like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> I do hope they get invested. I know we have um, at least two listeners. Tyler, again, my soon-to-be roommate, and Lisa from my writing fiction class. I am. I had... So I'm temping in Dublin right now. So I moved to Dublin for, like, several reasons, and I'm temping while I'm here. Mm -hmm. You know this. I'm telling the listeners. Um, And I met this other girl who also temped at my same job for, like, a couple days, Um, and she's from New Jersey. She's also here on the working holiday visa. And we were talking about podcasts today. So she'll listen. We had breakfast today. That's good. So my day, breakfast, grocery store, rehearsal, and now I'm doing this. Yeah. Wait, you've already had rehearsal? Yeah, I had rehearsal from 4 to 7. Oh, well, 4 to 5.30 because I got up early. Oh, so confusing. Yeah. How many more times will I have to tell you that? <laughs> it's 4 to 7. Oh my god, Carly. Four. I know that we said how Friends is trash. <laughs> but um I'm in the part right now where the repeated joke over and over is we were on a break yeah do you think that's funny man? um like I do think it's funny okay what is your take on that I mean they were on a break um Rachel is the worst character Ross is the worst character Get, what a stupid Ooh. thing to say to me Carly I just watched the episode they, where to be fair she goes to London to mess up his wedding that's true that's bad. Don't do that. She's bad. And then, yeah. To be fair, they were indeed on a break. They were on a break. But it was very soon. So I don't like that. Yeah, no, it was too soon. It was a dumb thing to do, yeah. but they were on a break. Um, okay. Uh, should we do it? Well, I actually had one more thing I thought we should briefly touch on before we start. Um, yeah. Oh, we gotta talk about the format. Oh, yeah. So what we're gonna do, um, we're gonna trade... Okay, usually what I think we decided we're going to do is we're going to trade off telling stories. So one week, Megan will pick a topic, or I'll pick a topic for Megan, and she'll tell me something vice versa. The plan is to just switch off who's telling stories each week. And then Mm -hmm. this week, and occasionally, we will do a double feature where we will both tell a story. We thought that would be important to do for the first episode. And then if we have a a topic we know we both want to do... like roller coaster accidents. I mean, I'm always, that's mostly what God, I'm here I for. I love, not, I don't love them, but like, holy shit, when it happens. I, yeah, I mean, I will stand in line for a roller coaster and read to my boyfriend the accidents that have happened mm-hmm. on that roller coaster. <laughs> like, I'm really into it. And then also, I think it would be fun to mention what got us into weird shit. You know? I don't know what to well, guess. Well, I remember weird shit. watching like Fear Factor with Mom when I was in oh, kindergarten. Oh, I hate Fear Factor. I didn't like when they ate bugs, but I liked when they did like 
other spooky things like climbed a really tall obstacle course or weird stuff. I don't even really remember what all they did. They ate a lot of bugs. I think we're in we're coming at this from different angles. We we do other morbid stuff. Like we listen to murder podcasts and yeah. read books about it well, and I the world of Jackson. Like it's all morbid. My first historical thing with that was obsessively researching the Romanov um Oh, I thought you were gonna say execution. Anne Boleyn. No, this is pre Anne Boleyn. Um this was like in middle school. My, Sally I was also remember into Sally? the Romanovs. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. I had a friend from Russia and yeah, we would like obsessively like sit in the library and research to try and find out if Anastasia's alive and mm. stuff like that. She's that would be a good episode. That would be a really good episode. Oh, I today I was listening to um one thousand and one what is it called? Heroes, Mysteries, Stories, and Legends. Yeah. It's a thousand and one something. Um, I started listening to the episode on Amelia Earhart, so I'll keep you posted on that. Yeah. I mean, I think her plane is just in the bottom of the ocean. Well, the argument that he was maybe making is there was a photograph found mm-hmm. that potentially was... No, they're saying there's something pictured in this, some kind of plane or car or something clearly I was grocery shopping so I wasn't paying that much attention but there's something in the photograph they say this photograph was taken before she disappeared but then something in it wasn't invented until after so they kind of he's arguing that she got captured by the Japanese because it was during the war or pre-war there was a photo that was definitely debunked though or maybe not definitely I don't know I don't really know what I'm talking about but I think that's the photo that he's talking about I would clearly have to listen again but I think anyways that's another history I was kind of into Amelia Earhart I mean, because I liked American Girl dolls and Kit liked Amelia Earhart. Oh, yeah. Um, is that it? Yeah, I guess we can get going. I'm shivering. So, oh, okay. My house is cold. <laughs> um, do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. So what we're doing today is, um, since Megan lives in oh, yeah. Dublin. This was my idea. Yeah, this is a good this idea. This is Megan's idea. Since Megan lives in Dublin and I live in... I want to tell it. Okay. I'm going to tell it this is my idea. Okay. Since, because of the premise of this is that we're using these weird stories to connect with each other while we're living far away. My vocal fry is so bad. No, me too. I'm if any of my voice teachers listen to this, they would murder me. Um, since we're, the point of this is that we're using this to connect while we're living far away, we thought that we would each do a historical oddity or a history mystery, if you will, from our current city. So I'm going to do one about Dublin, and Carla's going to do one about, or town, or area. She's doing one about Naperville. Are you, do we say you're, we literally just said. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Okay. Should I go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, go. That's what we just said. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is the Lamock family homicide. Um, This is very sad, but super famous and weird and creepy and we're gonna get into stuff about the location later because that's exciting and we'll we'll get there um okay so there is a house Mm -hmm. on a college campus Mm -hmm. uh it's just across the street your college campus don't ruin it okay okay yeah it's cut it out go back (laughs) it's my college i was gonna do like a really (laughs) stupid reveal at the end but like Oh, there's not no, more cut than it out. one college in Naperville. That's um, fair. I didn't know if you were trying to protect your identity, so people no. wouldn't know where you go to school. I'm about to move. 
Okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, Go ahead. I guess the point is that I talk back to you. That's the point yeah. of a podcast. Yeah. So, um, okay. So there's a house on the North Central College campus property just across the street from the building that houses the theater department. That's fun for me because I'm a theater mm. major. Um, and in this house occurred the most famous murder case in Naperville history. I don't think we get a lot of murders, frankly, though. I was about so. to say. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you should do one about that guy. What guy? The guy. The oh, murderer. my <laughs> We will. There, fun fact, there's been a um, convicted murderer uh, just, like, hanging out on our campus because he wants to go here. It's a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell That's your story. That's maybe for, like, another day and a glass of wine. Yeah. Okay. Marilyn, a surgical nurse, and David Lamock, her husband and an ER doctor, were married and had three children, Nicholas, Emily, and Thomas. Marilyn struggled with her mental health as a result of her dissolving marriage. I'm not sure, like, how long she'd struggled with that in any capacity before, though, but I know Mm. um, things really started to unravel um, Mm. when she started to have problems with her marriage. Yeah. So in 1997, she filed for or intended to file for divorce, but changed her mind. And at some point okay. within the next two years, approximately, Marilyn and David decided to file for divorce again. Oh, is this like, it's worse when it's a like, is it a spousal murder? It's not as fun as a random murder. It's not, but it. But it's. But yours. everything happened in this house that I fucking walk by okay. every single day. Okay. That's Which cool. is wild. Um, so this is a quote from Murderpedia. The second divorce proceedings, both their divorce attorneys have said, were relatively amicable until Lamock discovered that her estranged husband had begun dating. End quote. Dun dun dun. Mm. So David moves out. But they were on a break. They- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I'm so Oh funny. my god. Okay, so David moves out and Marilyn had... Marilyn and her children lived in 28 South Loomis Street, built by North Central College's first president, A.A. Smith. So I don't really know. I'm assuming that he moved out because it seemed like she mm-hmm. had, like, more custody of the kids. Okay. Um, so that would be my assumption that they were already living there. But I couldn't really find that specifically. But so she's mm-hmm. living in this house with her three kids, and she's struggling with what people still debate to this day as being a really deep depression or um, a deep depression and mental illness or just mm-hmm. rage towards her husband, who's left her and started mm-hmm. dating again. And mm-hmm. she said, and we'll get into this later, that her husband is left, or her ex-husband, rather, has left the children too, but based on what goes down in the courtroom and his statement that he gives, it seems like he still wanted to be a part of the kids' lives. Uh, but mm-hmm. we don't have any record of a custody trial or anything like that. But we do know that he had a court-ordered visit uh, with his children scheduled the day after the murder. So. Did you say what year this is? 1999. Oh, Sorry, okay. Sorry, I did not. So, that doesn't look great for Marilyn. Because mm-hmm. literally the day after the murders, he's scheduled to have a court-ordered visit with his kids. Was it the first one? Had he had a court-ordered visit with them before? No, I... Th- I don't know. I think this is 1999, so it seems like t- just two years ago she was going to file for divorce and then she didn't. So it seemed like uh-huh. this is all relatively new. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Also, there was a, a, 
not a rumor, but it said a potential trigger for this whole thing was that she, other than the court order visit scheduled the next day, was that she'd seen him and his new girlfriend walking about okay. the town together. I don't know. Is that confirmed? I think it's real confirmed that it happened, but it's like a potential, they don't know if that's what caused it. But okay. like, ooh, doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, on March 4th, 1999, Marilyn takes two of her children, Emily 6 and Thomas 3, and feeds them peanut butter sandwiches laced with, wait for it, her own anxiety tranquilizer. Yeah, that does not look good for her. Well, no. Like, okay. So, I'm just shocked with a fucking That's premeditated. tranquilizer for an adult. Yeah, I mean, you assume she didn't give them a full dose, but still. Yeah. So, she takes them upstairs, or I'm not sure if they had already been eating upstairs, but they definitely die upstairs, and... Oh, she she wasn't trying to knock them out to... Oh, no, she... Oh, my God, sing- I thought she was knocking them out so they wouldn't hear the hoof. She sings to them Oof. while she suffocates them by placing her hands over their mouth and nose. Okay. Mm-hmm. She sings to them. Uh-huh. Uh, this is how do you know this? Did she say this? This isn't. I mean, the Megan Murderpedia doesn't lie. This yeah, but according, like, I mean, these. This is according to the you know investigators and people who have interviewed her. To okay. the best of my knowledge, what does she sing to I them? I don't know, Megan. Well, it matters. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible either way, but anyways, anyways. I think it just so the goes kids to are dead. Show that she's two kids a, dead. Yes, two kids. I think it goes to show like her mind her frame of mind and we're gonna get into that more in a minute with a yeah. certain 911 call that happens Ooh, we'll get yes. there um so meanwhile nicholas who is seven is playing downstairs he's gotten back from this after school program so after marilyn murders emily and thomas she goes downstairs and chillingly tells her son nicholas that his siblings won't be joining them for dinner Oh my god. No. She then makes him... I'm not laughing, I'm afraid. I know. It's <laughs> nervous laughter. Yeah, um, like, I'm uncomfortable, yeah. better laugh. So she then makes him a bagel with crunchy peanut butter, again, laced with the tranquilizer, takes him upstairs, and smothers him to death. The next morning, 911 receives the phone call. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put a trigger warning here. Anyone struggling? Oh, are you going to play it? No, I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play it. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Oh my god. No. But I was scared. Anyone, um, just given the circumstances, you know, anyone struggling with, um, or sensitive to topics of self-harm or suicide, anything like that, skip ahead 30 seconds. Um. Good call on yeah. that. So she calls 911 and she says, my three kids are dead, and I wanted to be dead too, but it didn't work. End quote. She gives them her location, fully admits to what she did. She's like, I, I killed my kids. Um, and warns them not to let the cat out when they arrive. So they're, okay. she's like, you have to break down the door, make sure the cat doesn't get out. Fascinating. Yeah. So when the police arrive... Okay, wait, it's been 25 seconds. Do we need to warn them again? Are you good? Yeah. Okay. It's been 30 seconds. Hi. If you're here for the trigger warning, skip ahead another 30 seconds. I just want to be, I want to be careful because yeah, Yeah. it's at the end of this paragraph. Um, so 
They find the boys upstairs in their bed, the police do when they arrive. They find Marilyn Lane with the body of her daughter. She had slit both of her wrists and additionally attempted to overdose on prescription drugs. Drugs? Drugs? Great. Uh, but she was still alive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one source in the police force said that he heard the call for Marilyn coming on the radio. Or, like, not... I guess when the dispatcher... The dispatcher's yeah, when call? the dispatcher called it out. He heard mm-hmm. it over the radio and said that the dispatcher was crying. Mm. Um, Are you, is your warning good now? Yeah, we're good. Okay. So, during the trial, the prosecution claimed that Marilyn committed the murders as an act of revenge against her husband. Oh my god, she didn't even kill the husband at all. Yeah. That's not where I thought you were going with this. It's I terrible. thought you were saying that she killed the husband before the visitation. No. Well, I get that now. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, um, yeah, so the prosecution is, like, she was just an angry person who did this horrible thing to take revenge. Revenge. (laughs) I didn't even notice. (laughs) Uh, Revenge against her ex-husband. But Marilyn Marilyn maintains, to this day, she's still alive, that she Mm -hmm. was just searching for a way to escape her depression and send her kids to a better place. And we can maybe chat about that after um so she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole on may 30th 2002 the judge also ordered psychological counseling which is good but good yeah but he said that he ordered it so she could understand the magnitude of her crimes and feel bad about it basically for the rest of her life which like yeah Mm, but i'm also like she should yeah yeah but i'm also like she she's obviously Needs help. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the judge... Damn, that's sad. Um, judge Bacalus, uh, he was usually very calm and reserved, and his reaction to the case was very alarming for people, given his usual demeanor. So I think mm-hmm. this whole thing all around, like, just people in Naperville, like, hadn't really ever seen anything like this. Oh, yeah. It's a very small it's town. A, yeah, it's a, we're a very small town. We have low crime rate. We have a heroin problem, but other than that, <laughs> there's nothing really going on. Um, wow. So there were all these little things with the trial. Um, someone did uh, try and go for a retrial, but the judge turned it down. Um, also, Marilyn had originally gone for the insanity plea, but uh, that didn't happen. She went to prison. Mm, I feel like the fact that she tranquilized them before. Right. That's the thing. It, it seems very premeditated also that like she in a way she showed guilt mm-hmm. with the like suicide thing yeah doesn't that seem i mean maybe not but yeah i don't know hmm. i don't know um wow so she was marilyn was featured among others in a documentary called mal de mer i think it's french mm. that seems french yeah that sounds right uh, and it's a documentary that examines how society. Fuck. It's a documentary that examines how society responds to mentally ill mothers who harm their children. Mm. Which that seems interesting to me. I'm not sure the year it was made, um, but it was the first time she'd spoken publicly about the murders. Hmm. She fully admitted to doing it, but she still maintains that she was very depressed and very sick. I know lots of people that are very depressed. I know, it's, yeah. 
But no, I get it. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. So... I'm interested in this Maldomare thing because, like... I mean, that's, like, one of the oldest things. Like, Medea, the Greek... Yeah. Woman. Greek woman. Or legend who killed her kids to get back at her husband. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, like... Oh, my God. This is Medea. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's Dee Dee Blanchard, too. Not to get back at the husband, but, like... Kids being caught in the crossfire of things, mm-hmm. of people's like mother's own issues, and then the kids being caught in the crossfire. Yeah. Yep. Former DuPage Court State Attorney Joseph Burkett, who prosecuted Lamock, still has a picture of her three children in a drawer in his office. Mm, that's sad. No. Uh, Marilyn is still alive and in prison. She works as a. Where? Do you know? Uh, oh, fuck. I forgot what it's called. It's in a. Is she in Illinois? Illinois. Yeah, I don't remember the town. Um, yeah. Shoot, I'm sorry. That's okay, it doesn't matter. I'm just curious. Uh, she works as a baker in prison, and she says that it's that thing of, like, her inmates... You know when, like, you, you like, do something bad to a kid, and then you go to prison? Oh, yeah. yeah. So she says, like, most of her fellow inmates, like, hate her and think she's a terrible person. Hmm. Um... She does seem to take responsibility for her cl- for her crimes and that she, like, understands that she did it and it was wrong. Yeah. And she says she'll never forgive herself. Mm-hmm. I think this was... I believe this was in the interview. Um, but she does, again, maintain that she was mentally ill and not in the right mind when she killed them. Uh, but she does say mm. that she should have been in the right mind. So I'll end it with a quote from Marilyn... She said, I think if you believe in God and heaven. Oh, my battery! <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I have to plug in my computer. I'm sorry. Oh my god. That was. <laughs> that was really funny. I thought you dropped something. I was like, what battery did you drop? Okay. <laughs> sorry. Tell me the quote. Okay. I think. Serious okay. quote. Serious quote. Doing good. Okay. I think if you believe in God and heaven, and that's where they are, then what could be better than that? But they... <gasps> what? Give me a minute. But they didn't get to live their lives, and that's the tragedy. They should have been able to live their lives and then go to heaven. Wow. So... I mean, that end part is good, but that first part, I was really like, where are you going yeah. with that? <laughs> so that is, um... Marilyn Mal- <laughs> Marilyn Lamock, who killed her three children. That's really bad. And so this is not, like, a house that's, like, somewhere in Naperville. Like, mm. I, again, like, I walk by this house. It's across from Pfeiffer? Day. It's across from Pfeiffer, and... Is that connected to the ghosts that are in Pfeiffer? Is I actually that? wanted to talk about that. Um, so we do this thing, maybe we'll eventually, maybe when I graduate, we'll do an episode on Pfeiffer. Um, okay. Because I guess the school doesn't That's like you talking dumb, about it, so I don't want to get in trouble. Oh my god. It's so dumb. Okay. But we have silly. this theater that's right across the street from the house is, like, infamously, supposedly really haunted. Mm. And we do this event every year with the theater department called Pfeiffer Ghost Night. And, like, we do, like, a ghost tour and anyone with experiences comes up and tells a story. And I remember, I couldn't go this year because of my show, but the year before, 
someone had said that they walked outside at night on the um, parking garage exit. There's, mm-hmm. like, three different entrances, all on different sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one by the parking, not parking garage, but parking lot, mm-hmm. like, overlooks the house. And she said, um, like, she walks outside, sees the house, and then there's, well, I think there's, like, another haunted <laughs> building. Classic. And she said it, like, formed, like, it, she noticed it formed a triangle. Between Pfeiffer Between and Pfeiffer, the houses. Between Pfeiffer, the house, and then whatever else it was that I'm not remembering. I get you, Carly, but any three points form a triangle? Look. <laughs> uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. This is why you're the um, smart one, Megan. <laughs> you're the pretty one. Oh. No, you're very smart. Um, I get what you're trying to say. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe, like... maybe some demonic activity in the area. That makes people do there bad is, things. Um, yeah, there's a theory in Pfeiffer that there is a, a demon in there in Pfeiffer. Mm. Um, yeah. That was good. I mean, I hated it, but I liked it. Yeah, it's just so it because crazy it's because nothing, like, no one gets murdered in Naperville, and then this is, like, on the extreme. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Doozy. Mm. Oh, and also, um the campus bought back the house. So, I don't know why. So, it's called the Smith House now. And we use it for events. They use it? Yeah. What? I know. I've never been in it, though. Oh, my God. You have to go in it before you graduate. I know. I, like, TA'd an English class that had a... Um, mm-hmm. they, they held a class in there one day, but I, like, slept through the class that day. So, nice. Yeah. Um, horrifying. Right? They should not use that building. Yeah, and it's not like it was, like, 50 years ago or anything. It was just two decades ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I know. I really, like, I don't, I want to give yours its moment, but I'm also really excited yeah. to tell mine. Tell yours. Are you, do you feel that it's had its moment? Uh, I think said it's had its moment, What needs yeah. to be said? Okay. I'm going to move your face over so I can look at my notes. Okay. Okay, so I am telling the unsolved mystery of the Irish crown jewels. Have you heard of this? I had never heard of this. You'd think, when I tell it, you'll think that you should have heard of it. Is it paranormal? No. Is it like a jewel heist? Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, okay, so most of this information came from Sean J. Murphy's article about this. Oh shit. I need to cite, I'm sorry, Chicago Tribune and Murderpedia, sorry. Nice. You said Murderpedia, you're fine. Okay, so Sean J. Murphy and DublinCastle.ie. So, it's July 1907 at Dublin Castle. Everybody's getting ready for the visit of the British King Edward VII and his Queen Alexandra. So the plan is they're going to get there by yacht on July 10th, attend several official functions, and give titles to two Irishmen. Wait, what's the On the again? morning? 1907. So, it's the morning of July 6th. The door to the Office of Arms, which held the Irish crown jewels, was found open. That afternoon, so we see the door open. We all think, eh, whatever. Oh, well, that that's afternoon, where you go wrong. Oh, Carly. Carly, we will get into this. <laughs> okay. So, that afternoon, 
A messenger named William Stivey was sent to deposit a collar, which is like a fancy jewelry necklace of, uh, we'll get into it, of a recently deceased knight into the safe with the other jewels. But when Williams went to open the safe, he found it already open and the jewels inside gone. Well, probably. Yes, if the safe was open. Actually, they didn't take all of the jewels, but they took like the crown jewels. So if you think about the crown jewels, you're probably picking. You might as well take all the jewels. Well, fair. So where you think about the crown jewels, you're going to picture like the crown jewels of the United Kingdom, right? That's not really what this is. Yeah. Wow, you're so cool. Well, you've probably Um, seen them too. You know who lived in London? Uh, These Irish crown jewels, nobody's ever seen them. Um, they oh. didn't include an actual crown. They weren't connected to a coronation ceremony. Instead, they belonged to the most illustrious order of St. Patrick, which is like an a knight group, basically. So an aristocratic order of chivalry that was founded in 1783. So it's like, it's an Irish order, but it's a British organization because Ireland was part of the, of Britain at this time. So it's basically like British noblemen that are out in Ireland representing is the Ireland British crown. a part of the UK? Is it like part of it? Not now. Part of it is? No, so the, it's two different countries. I live in the Republic of Ireland. Which is not. Which is its own country. Right. And then Northern Ireland, which shares this, it's on the same island. Northern Ireland is part of the UK. Okay. And so, but at this time, all of Ireland was part of the UK. Because I was designing our logo, and uh-huh. I wanted to do something with, like, the U.S. and then, like, with Ireland. Yes, not the U.K., like, Ireland. Maybe I just do the U.K., so then I had to Google it, and I was like, this is all so tiny. I don't want to make any Irish people feel like I'm oh, trying to point out how flag? small their country is. <laughs> so well, I just went with Do it to around. scale? Okay. <laughs> okay. You could do the flags. Anyways, um, so basically, you've got the Grand Master of this order, which is also the Viceroy, meaning a British guy, like the British representative in Ireland, Mm -hmm. as I understand it. And um, these jewels are the jewels that that Viceroy guy would wear for formal occasions. So they, the actual crown jewels included a jeweled star and like a diamond brooch or badge. They contained 394 precious stones, including emeralds, rubies, pink diamonds, and Brazilian diamonds. They were valued at the time around 14,000 pounds in 1907. What's that today? 1,600,000 pounds today. Ish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I said the Viceroy would wear them occasionally. At that time, he, his name was Joseph Gordon Campbell, and he was the Earl of Aberdeen. Um, but obviously they stored them away when they weren't being used and they actually had an official policy of how they were supposed to be stored. So there was a guy whose job was to guard them. I wrote Ulster King of Arms. That sounds wrong. But the guy whose job it was to guard them was named Sir Arthur Vickers And in 1903, basically, there's, like, weird laws about where they have to be in relation to who's guarding them. Mm -hmm. So they're in Dublin Castle. In 1903, they had to move them from one tower to another. So they're moving them into the Office of Arms in the upper castle yard. 
and they are gonna build they build like a big vault basically a strong room in the office of arms and then they move the safe over from the other tower and then they discover that the safe is too big to fit through the door of the vault that they've already built idiots so they say, oh, we'll just leave the safe outside the door. You fucking idiot. And then they're like, oh, eventually we'll get, I'm fucking shaking right now. I don't know if I'm cold or haven't eaten enough or what, or too much caffeine probably, but I'm like really shaky. Um, anyways, but they are like, oh, eventually we'll build a new safe that will fit inside the vault, but they don't really do that. Yeah. So they, that's probably stupid. Uh, there are seven members of staff who have a key a set of keys to the office of arms to the building that, that houses the vault they that houses them okay. there are only two keys to the safe itself one is on vicar's person at all times and one is locked inside his desk drawer at home so the jewels were actually discovered missing on july 6th but they were last seen officially like the last confirmed sighting mm-hmm. on june 11th when he took them out to show them to a guest. So really, this viceroy, there are two keys, but he basically has them both. Uh, well, no, okay. Viceroy is the head guy. The guy in charge of it is, he's his name is Vickers. Oh, okay. Ar- Sir Arthur Vickers. So he's so like he a knight. So he has the keys. He has one key on his person and one key locked, presumably with another key that he, like, it's double locked inside his house. Okay, got it. But yeah, he has both of them. But there were several security breaches leading up to the theft. Some people might say this was due to Vickers' carelessness. Um, on separate occasions, the door to the building and to the strong room itself were found open. I don't know why it matters that the strong room was found open because the jewels didn't fit inside of it. But apparently, the door was open, I mean, and nobody ever really seemed to care. And this happened multiple yeah, times. Yeah, that does kind of one time. It doesn't really matter, but it does kind of show that they suck at yeah. locking things. I don't know. It gets worse. Oh, good. One time, he accidentally left his safe key on a key ring with all of his office keys and then just, like, put them somewhere, and his servant brings them back, like, hey, here's your keys. And one time, apparently a maid found an intruder in the strong room. Just what? in the strong room. Yeah. Uh, legend has it that one time Vickers got drunk at a party, and then okay, remember the viceroy? Uh huh. The guy who the wears viceroy's the son. Yeah, occasionally, but the viceroy's son, Lord Haddo, is at this party. He takes Vickers' key, steals the jewels, and then mails them back to Vickers as a prank. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're shitting me. No. That is so yeah. funny. Aren't you like? How have I never heard of this? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm okay, like, so... I'm wondering, because when you first said it was a, like, heist, I was like, oh, it's gonna be an inside job, but I Oh, we'll get into theories. this guy's just dumb. Just... He's really bad at his yeah. job. Okay. Um, so, when the jewels were missing, Vickers sent for the police, and you're right about it being an inside job, because they found no sign of forced entry, meaning the person who stole the jewels most likely worked in the office of arms. Remember, there's seven keys to building. Probably some fucking janitor who sees that... This bitch just leaves yeah. the keys lying around and is like, mm. okay. Fair enough. So the most generally accepted theory is not actually that it's a janitor. Centers around Francis Shackleton. Um, the name might sound familiar because he's the brother of the Antarctic explorer Ernest Shackleton. 
And Francis had an office in the same building that the jewels were housed in. Um, he would have a motive because he was under financial strain at the time. And obviously the fact that there were no signs of forced entry supports the belief that it was an inside job. And he would have had easy access to the key and the safe if he had been in Ireland at the time of the theft, which he was not. But some people think that he hired someone else to carry out the crime, and they pretty much think that he it was his associate, Captain Richard Howard Gorges. But, um, and this gets into lo- probably the reason a lot of crimes go unsolved is politics at the time. They'd never really pursued either of them before because Shackleton was gay. And a public investigation would have drawn attention and caused the viceroy and, by extension, the king to be associated with this scandal. And so they just kind of swept that theory under the rug. Mm. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's pretty much who everyone thinks did it. But they never really, like, he wasn't ever found out. So we'll get into another theory. In 1976, the Irish government released a classified document that was made, like written in 1927, which stated, the castle jewels are for sale and could be got for two or three thousand pounds. This could suggest that the thieves were attempting to essentially ransom the jewels back to the government, Mm -hmm. but Gregory Allen, who is some guy, probably a historian, I don't know, (laughs) takes this as evidence to support his theory that the jewels were stolen by Irish patriots trying to secure independence from Britain. However, this document could actually be saying the castle jewels are for sale, meaning some of the ones that weren't stolen, because they only actually stole um, the diamond brooch and the star, and then they stole five collars, which are like membership necklaces mm-hmm. um, of knights from the order, and there were some other jewels in there that weren't taken. So that's, like, kind of a boring theory. That's one of them. Um, And then theory number three, in 1998, um, so Vickers' valet, like his servant guy, had a nephew that was alive in 1998, and he was contacted by an informant. His name was Michael Murphy, and he had spent years trying to trace the jewels. The the nephew's name, not the informant's Mm. name. So one morning he received a phone call from a mysterious man, and... The man had an English accent. He told him to go to the garden at Kilmorna House, which was the location where Vickers ended up getting shot by the IRA in 1921. Okay. Uh, IRA stands for Irish Republican Army. So this is like when we're getting into like, those Irish the people, independence. Was the IRA the people that were putting bombs in trash cans in London? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Irish independence is very contentious, and I don't want to get into it too much because it's like, it's real. Mm. Um, and I don't know enough about it to speak. But yeah, it's the Irish Republican Army. And, Should we um, cut that out? No, it's okay. I think it's okay. Like, we haven't said anything bad. But just, like, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what he did to get shot by them or what. But he got shot by them at Kilmorna House in 1921. So Murphy goes to Kilmorna House and finds, like, a place where a stone was removed from a brick wall. And there is an inscription there in Latin that says, The cause is finished. So Murphy believes, based on original maps and documents of Kilmorna House and the secretive call from the mystery informant, that the jewels at one point were hidden underneath that stone, maybe even by Vickers himself, and have since been removed. I kind of, like, I don't know about that one because, like, Vickers' life was basically ruined, having, like, 
lost these jewels, so mm-hmm. you think he wouldn't steal them himself because, like, he would get blamed for right. being irresponsible. But, yeah, that's an interesting theory. It doesn't make sense to me that it would be him. Yeah, if anything, he would just, like, make someone else do it, hopefully, so he has less of a chance of it being traced back to him. Mm. But to me, it sounds like they were such boneheads just leaving the keys around that any... And when I say... I don't mean, like, janitor, like, I think janitors steal things. I'm saying, like, any other... An opportunist. ...employee yeah. that is, like, walking around this castle or whatever and yeah. sees repeatedly that these people are leaving doors open and leaving keys lying around, Yeah, they could easily make a mental note and be like, oh, so, like, they're not keeping tabs on these things. Like, mm. like it's like if I worked at... I don't know, like, friggin', you know. Hellsberg Diamonds. Yeah. And my manager, like, <laughs> left stuff unlocked. It's kind you of know, like if you worked like at- Like the exact if you story you at, just told. It's kind of like if you worked at Dublin Castle and you had the crown jewels uh-huh. and you never looked It's kind of like if I worked at Nando's and there was all this, like, boneless, skinless chicken- and they're like, hey, don't take that shit, but we're not going to lock it. And then, like, if I closed by myself, I'd be like, going to steal that fucking chicken. And also, it's 1,600,000 pounds worth of chicken. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're, yeah. I mean, it was probably Shackleton, but it's not officially solved. So, there are actually way more theories, some of them really. more ridiculous than others, my, I really like the one that says the theft was organized by the British government Ooh. and that some of the diamonds can still be seen to this day in a brooch that Queen Elizabeth II <gasps> wears. Oh my god, that I would really be like savage. That one. <laughs> I love that. Others say that it was a unionist conspiracy. So unionists being people that wanted Ireland to be part of Britain, trying to be like, mm, look at these Irish people, can't keep track of their crown jewels, you better rule them with a firmer hand. Mm, yeah, That kind of makes a little bit of sense to me. I mean, not that you need to rule Ireland with a firm hand, but that as a theory makes sense. <laughs> and in 1983, um, there was, so there's a granddaughter of a guy who confessed to the theft. She goes to the Garda, the police, and they search these mountains outside of Dublin based on her tip, but they didn't find Wait, anything. Wait, when was this? 1983. Okay. The theft? No, no, no. The... Yeah, 1983. Okay. So, obviously, what most likely happened is that because they were so recognizable as, like, pieces of jewelry. Did you watch Ocean's Eleven? Oh, yeah. Ocean's Eleven? Yeah. What's the one with the women? Or is that Ocean's Ocean's Eight? Eight. It's the one with the women. That's the only one I've seen. But it's, you know how they take the jewelry apart Mm -hmm. and put it into other pieces? So that's obviously probably what actually happened. But by whom? 112 years later, it remains a mystery. (laughs) The fucking, like, the crown jewels, that's such a big deal. I, I couldn't believe I didn't know about this. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. So that's uh, mystery. They suck at their jobs, but yeah. that's fine. We're just trashing this man's memory. Sorry. But, like, he, he was needs, bad at his he job. He needs to learn uh, to take some criticism. He should go into a new profession, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Okay, do you have anything else? To say? I don't mean to rush you, but, like, I am shivering. I maybe need to go eat some dinner or something. You go go eat dinner. What do we want to do for next week? Do you want me to do something? 
for next week. So I'll probably have time to... Oh, I'm going to be in England on Sunday. We'll discuss. Okay. But whenever we do it next, um, yeah, you can do it We can always you post this a week from today and, rec- and record the next weekend. Yeah, we can finagle. Um, yeah, I think you do the next one. Do you want me to give you a topic or do you have some in mind? Ooh. How would I pick one? Or I have a list of ideas if you want me to go. I'll do one. Let me come up okay. with something. Okay. Okay. Well. Cool. Go enjoy your dinner. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for um, chatting with any me. Any people. Oh, I was talking to the audience. Oh. If anybody listened. Lisa. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Lisa. And Sarah. And Tyler. And Tyler. And we'll, we won't see you. You'll hear us next week or next time. Yay. On Sisterly History Mysteries. <gasps> Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Carly, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to the Sisterly History Mysteries podcast. Megan and I are really hoping you're enjoying it. As we're starting out, we hope you can give us a follow on Instagram at Sisterly Podcast. I'm not in any shows right now, so you can't come see me in anything. I do have an office job, though, so there's that. If you're in Dublin, you can go see Megan and Kate Crackernuts with No Drama Theater at Smock Alley from July 9th through the 13th. Thank you for listening. Good night.